0: I do want to just simply welcome Tim and Tammy, and so would you give them a hand? Um, Before we get to their story, I just want to kind of make sure everybody knows what's going on. Uh, Altars, this is our third installment of Altars, and what we've been trying to do is really focus in on the faithfulness of God. Uh telling the stories of where we've seen God move in our lives. And so one of the things that we've done is we've done a few live interviews with people that have spent a lot of time with God and, and, and have all kinds of stories to share. And, and so part of what I want to do today is allow Tim and Tammy to share some of those with you, because one of the things that we're learning through this series is that as we Tell the stories of God's past faithfulness, what it does is it helps us thrive in the present and in the future. Because when we remember what He's done, It helps us deal with what's going on today. And and so part of this series, like I said, is being able to tell those stories and to hear people share their personal experiences with God. And so I'm so excited that you guys have joined me today. Uh, And so just kind of by way of introduction, I'd love to hear you guys talk a little bit about how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. And so maybe share a little bit about that story.
1: First of all, I'm just to say I'm very nervous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's okay.
1: Um, my, I'm just going to say that um, my salvation story is basically a series of events, mm. um, and really and truthfully, it's by the grace of God that I'm here today. Yeah. Um, I was not born into a Christian family. In fact. Um, my birth parents, one, um, my mother was a prostitute and my dad was an alcoholic. Um, and so that's you know, kind of how I began life. And for the, at the age of four, um, my brothers and sisters and I were taken out and placed in an orphanage. And then I was placed in foster care. And I say this because that was the best thing that ever happened in my life, um, except for my salvation. Um, that God, I knew at that time, I didn't know at that time, but I do now, looking back um, at events in your life, you realize that God's had his hand on you all the time.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Um, And so um, I was placed in a foster family, and um, they kept me for four years, and at the age of eight, they adopted me. And so that, again, was another sign that God has you always in the palm of his hand, Mm -hmm. even when you don't know him. And then... um, The family that I was uh, adopted into was a very moral family. Um, They had very strict morals, at least my mom did, Um, but they didn't raise us in church. Um, We were the the Easter and Christmas, you know, kids that showed up um, and never really understood anything of what, you know, Christianity was about. And I had a friend when I was about in sixth grade whose mom invited me to come to church. And so we did um, for probably about six months, maybe even a year. I'm not sure how long. And it was, you know, an enjoyable. It was fun. You know, I get to go with my friends. Never understood the the message. And then one day they invited me to get baptized. Hmm. Not really understanding I have a personal relationship. My question was, why would I want to do that? (laughs) Um, And that was the last time I went to church with them. I never went again. And so... um, I consider myself a, a good person. You know, I didn't, you know, try to do everything supposedly right, even though I didn't know what that meant. Um, and then um, just kind of live my life. And then my senior year in college, I had, um, I was going out to see my sister, and I fell asleep at the wheel and spun my car around in the highway three times. And I went off on one side of the road, spun around, and went off on the other side, and there was an embankment. And I literally saw my car go up that embankment and flip over. And, of course, I didn't have a seatbelt on. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, there was just silence, and I was backwards in that ditch. And, you know, couldn't get the car up, but I wasn't hurt or anything. And it was just a really strange experience. Didn't think much about it. On my way home from my sisters, got tired, pulled off. And a truck driver, semi-truck driver, pulled past me and then backed his semi up. Towards my car on the interstate. And of course I was, you know, 21 years old and scared. You know, I didn't know what this guy was doing. He comes up to my window and he's like, you know, it's okay, it's okay. I just want to hand you something. And he handed me a track. Mm-hmm. And it was a salvation track. Never heard the story before in my life, and I read it over and over and over, but I'm hard headed, and that was about it. But God was planting seeds <laughs> all along. And then um, About six months later, I had another accident on Poplar Street Bridge, very severe, I had my seatbelt on, um, and totally demolished the front of my car. And a couple of guys had come up and they said, we were in the car in front of you and we knew you were going to hit them because they had swerved out of the way real fast. It was a a broken down car in the middle of the interstate. They circled around and came back and told me. It was a miracle i was living because they didn't think i was going to live out of that accident and that's why they came back strange thing as i look back it's like that's Poplar street bridge the only way you can get off of that is and come all the way back around is a long way around mm. um, so it was just another kind of a testimony of okay god's got me in my hands i had that accident before he showed me and that vision of my car going upside down there was a reason why i needed to be wearing a seatbelt. and of course again you know it was just another don't know what's happening. Sorry, I'm taking over your time. <laughs> um, those were just times when God's just kind of let me know as I look back on events, knowing that he's been there. Um, and after I got out of college, there was a time I just wanted to go to church, and there was this big, beautiful building. Um, didn't know anything about it, but I went to church there. Just visited, and I had never seen a church service of people raising their hands, that just wasn't a part of whatever I grew up with, and or crying in church. And I sat there, and the message was so real to me, even though he was just reading it as a script. It was so real, I just started crying and wanted to raise my hands. But, you know, I'm thinking, I'm weird, because that's not something people do um, in church. And um, I went back again, the same thing happened, and the person who I'd known there scooted away from me because I was sitting there crying in church. Well, I never went back again. Um, That was just, didn't know what was going on. And then I had a person who was actually one of my employees who had talked to me about how good Jesus was. And she talked to me almost daily about how wonderful he was in his life. And I never understood, you know, what that meant, you know, and it's like, why would you go to church? And so eventually I gave in and went to church. And of course. Pastor's message was on the Ten Commandments, and of course, I'd broken the Ten Commandments and raised my hand, but I didn't understand salvation at that time. It just wasn't, it was like, I'm just admitting something I've done wrong. Um, Went back, kept going back to church anyway, and another night, I had a conversation with God audibly during the worship service, and he was telling me I needed to give up something, and I refused and told him I wasn't going to, and we went back and forth for quite some time, and I... Gave in, and for the grace of God, here I am today. Um, and I would just say that it's all the little events in life that you look back on, yeah. and you can say God's hand was there.
0: Yeah, that's good. Thank you. That's
2: awesome. Well, Tim, how about you?
1: Uh, konnichiwa. Uh, <laughs> uh, it,
2: it, my story goes way back, and uh, what pastor calls altars, I call them mile markers, uh-huh. And same thing, it's just a place and a remembrance uh, that you can pinpoint a spot in your life where uh, God met you. And uh, I grew up in a Christian family, uh, and this, this is very important in my story down the road. And uh, so I, I knew all the stories, you know, Daniel and the lion and, um, and Jonah and stuff. But I never made a connection. They were just stories in a physical world. Hmm. And if, if you know my brain, well, probably you probably don't. I'm a real analytical, <laughs> detailed type of person. I'm, I'm the guy that actually likes to read manuals. So anyway, <laughs> if you think of your experience in life, you go to school and you learn physical things. But you never understand the spiritual aspect, and that's where the battle really is. Uh, when the rubber meets the road, uh, you can be well physically and just torn to pieces spiritually. Mm. And uh, so that was my my background, and. Uh, I have to relay one thing. My mom always taught me when I started kindergarten. She's a full Japanese came over on the boat, and she goes, "Chimmy," she called me Chimi, and she, Chimmy, if you don't have anything good to say, you just shut your mouth. So, 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 so I was a real quiet boy in school, and, and I think that's where I, I developed my listening skills. You know. So, anyway, fast forward yeah, into the future. Uh, (laughs) I I never made a connection. I thought I was a good moral person and stuff, but I started running my own life. I'm going to, like a lot of people, I'm going to set the world on fire, and I've got the energy to do it, and I'm going to do it my way. And uh, it didn't work out too well. Uh, Hmm. All the things I had value on started slipping through my fingers.
0: Hmm.
2: And uh, it was just like Kate said this morning in our, in our little get together, uh, just like sand running through your fingers. And I was in a free fall. There's way more to this story, and, and I don't want to get into it. I, I was, if you can imagine yourself falling into a pit, and there's nothing there that you can believe on, all your dreams are gone, there's no hope, like Pastor says. Wow. And uh, I was in a pit of despair. I was checking out. Hmm. There was nothing to hold me except that foundation that was built when I was a little kid. It's so important for you to get your kids in the church and to get that yes. word into their heart. Because so there's a verse that stands out to me. It's, it's in uh, Matthew 12, 20. Part of it says there's a smoldering wick that he will not snuff out. And that was me, I was a smoldering wick. And he reached out into my heart and pulled me out. He says, says, I'm here. Give me one day and I'll turn your life around. Give me one day. Wow. I'm gonna fast forward. So the days started coming coming around. Things started falling. I, I didn't get saved. No, Jesus was watching me, and he was showing me stuff. Hey, I'm starting to work in your spirit now. Your spirit's starting to come alive. Do you kind of make start to make the connection? I said, yeah, wow. but prove, prove to me. Prove to me. Do something for me that is out of the physical. Wow. Things started happening that were so crazy, hmm. it's it's unbelievable, but believable for God. Yes. And he got my attention. He got my attention over and over again. And I had, had a buddy of mine who are really good friends now, and I thank the Lord for sending him my way. He started witnessing to me. He said, hey, there's a Christian concert. Comedian, gotta be at the high school. That's when you can have Christian events in high school and have hundreds <laughs> of thousands of people. And I said, I-, I don't wanna go. I said, I got tickets. So I don't wanna go, I'm not going. So I show up at the high school. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting in the bleachers. And uh, I don't know, he's joking around and stuff. And I'm just, I'm just like, I'm having a conversation. God's saying, hey, Tim, um, you asked me, and I proved myself. I've done unbelievable things to show myself real. Can you get the connection? Since this is your day. I believe there's a day in everybody's life they have an opportunity to make that commitment. He said, this is your day, and I'm a respecter of people. I will not force myself on you, but you know the truth now, and this is your day, and I will honor your commitment. You're going to live with me, or you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, that scared me. When God tells you this is your day, and you have to make a decision and live the rest of your life that way. Wow. I say, God, <laughs> I believe, I believe in you. And at that moment, my spirit came alive. Wow. I was a scary person. Boy, I I, I was, I went through my little apartment and I was grabbing stuff that didn't make sense to me. And there's a. It, it was, there was a fire pit, and I was chucking albums, books, everything into the fire pit. Stuff was going up in flames, and I'm going, this is a real deal. This is a real deal. I'm a new man. You know, a guy gets a hold of your life, I'm, I'm, I'm scaring people. I'm in the laundromat going, hey, hey, and people are backing out of the door. You know, that's, that's when, you know. Oh man, there's a connection and this isn't the, the me I'm used to be. Come on. You know?
0: Oh that's good. So
2: God, boy God and remember the one more day part. So good. You know, and boy my this opportunity came up uh, for an unbelievable opportunity. Uh the the position only opened up one in ten years before that. And uh this is going big time. And it was gonna triple my salary. Oh, this I mean I'm in I'm in a department store getting some clothes because I didn't have clothes to go big time, you know, to make a good impression. <laughs> so I'm standing looking at the top coats and there's in a department store, multi-levels, and there's there's nobody around. So this is weird. And God spoke to me audibly. He goes, "Uh, I'm going to open up a door of opportunity for you, but you're going to have to walk through it. And bam, that's my mile marker. Wow. And I'm looking around like, who? (laughs) Nobody around. You got to realize... Man, I was on fire. Man, I was going through the Bible, and I was, every night I was at my friend's house. I guess his wife was getting sick of me after month after month. Let's, go, let's eat. Let's get in the Bible. to study. What about this? What about this, Tom? You know? And I was putting him on the spot because he had to study because if you're going to teach something, you got to know what to teach somebody else. Wow. And it made him study. He said, boy, boy, Tim, you're, uh, i call him up in the middle of the night and say, hey, I just had a thought. What do you think about this? Tim, it's two o'clock in the morning. You can't just wait, man. When God gets a hold of you, man, it's it's like, wow, wake up, wake up. You know, it took me so, so long good. to make that connection, and
0: wow, it's
2: it's never been the same.
0: Well, that's so good, Tim. It's so good. The uh, I'm. I don't know, I assume you've connected the dots, like even as they've shared their story, uh, they're telling these stories. You know, it's like there's these moments, and and just in in the telling of their story, in the telling of their testimony, there are these moments where God has done something, or God, you know, and, and sometimes what happens is we forget those moments because we get too far away from our salvation story. And we, we stop remembering what God did or what God has done. And, and, and what I've found is the further away that you get from your salvation story, the more self-righteous you become. You get that. Because what happens is you lose sight of the fact that God reached into that pit. That in your time of desperation, he broke into space and time and did something on your behalf that radically changed your future. And so I love the stories you guys are sharing. Um, and I could actually listen to Matter of fact, maybe Tim would like to just preach the message. Um,
2: you know, and out of that?
0: No, you can't do that.
2: <laughs> no, but, but you know some of my kids around. And uh, you know, he, he, he blessed us with five. He, first, he blessed me with Tammy. Yes. You know, and she's got a heart that's 10 mile wide. You know, it says in the Bible, you find a good wife, you find a good thing, you know. And uh, That's right. Five kids that are we sent into the world to be world changers right. that are making a difference that yeah. would have never been here if I gave up, if Jesus gave up on me. Right, right. You know, right. That smoldering wick. Boy, that's a mile mark that just means everything to me. That's so good. You know.
0: Well, and and so as we kind of wrap up, one of the things I'd love for you guys to do is if you were speaking to someone who is just struggling, you know, they're they're not sure God is going to come through or God's going to be faithful in their situation, what might you say to them?
1: I would say to go back through your life and look at even just the small things that God has done in your life. Mm. Sometimes it's hard to believe for the big things, you know, but when you look back and see that it didn't, he cares about you th- and just the little things, yeah. all the small things that have happened in your life that he's brought you through will encourage you that there's nothing too big for him. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. And one of the ways you can do that is just simply sit down and write out 10 or 20 things that you just remember that recall. And then let that be something you meditate on over and over again. Because what it'll do is it'll encourage your faith. And help you see that while well, he's done it before, he can do it again, right? And so that's really a great insight. Tim, how about you?
2: Can I tell one more story?
0: Yes, you can, Tim. I got another one. Are you guys okay with Tim telling another story instead of okay? okay.
2: It's it's it's. So this is something recent. You know this, the the forty four corridor. There's storms, and we're coming home from seeing the kids, and it's just like, just like you know, you get like that slushy full of ice and stuff. It's just like somebody just. Covered the highway in slushies, and and, <laughs> <laughs> and we're trying to get back home. We're trying to get back home, and we're, oh, this is getting really bad, and we can't even, the, the, the plow trucks aren't even out, so we can't get, even get off the exit ramps to get to a hotel to pull off. We have no choice but to be driving, and this is one of these white-knuckle things, you know, and it's just like 30, 35 miles, we're following the car in front of us, and we're, we're gonna make it home. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make it home. Oh, uh, and, and the car in front of us starts to do one of these numbers. And it just starts spinning and spinning. And in the mirror, I'm seeing these headlights and I got out of my peripheral There's an 18-wheeler in the other, and he's moving. I don't know what these guys think, but they're they're heavy enough, I guess they're moving. And this guy's, been, and all this happens in a split second. This eighteen wheelers next to me. I'm trying to hit the brakes, and without losing traction and spin out. And there's a whole line of cars. And all I can see, think, is this eighteen wheelers gonna smash this car. It's gonna go into the guardrail. We're gonna run in, and we're gonna have this multi-car pileup. And all we could do is say, Jesus. And it was the unbelievable when God steps into the natural, out of the supernatural. It's just like that car. I could just imagine Jesus hand grabbing that car and it just straightened out. And we're slow enough that 18 wheeler just. (laughs) (laughs) and It was like, what just happened? So before we take a trip, before we hit the road, we always pray before we take off. It says God will put angels in charge to protect you. And we pray God's mercy around our, our trip and his yeah. angels to protect us, to keep Good. us alert, nothing come against us. And man, did God show up? Wow. Man, it's just like you wanted to jump out of the car and go, whoa, did you see just what happened? You know? I love it. But seriously, Pastor, if, if, I, if I had one opportunity to speak into your life, I would say, this is so important, especially in today's culture, where the truth isn't the truth, and, and uh, you know, who, who do you check yourself against to make a decision? You surround yourself with wise people, first of all, and then you always check it against God's word. Yeah. You always check it against God's word. It says, Mm. "Well, this might sound good." Says many will, even the elect, some elect will be deceived in the last days. Wow! Really? Yeah. That's good. But when we stand before God, it's not our opinion that matters; it's it's God's opinion. That's good. Said, "What did you do with my word?" So, that's my piece of always check it against God and. Carry carry some word in your in your heart. Study to show yourself a proof that that those those little things when you're in desperation, you can say, "This is God's promise to me mm. that He'll never leave or forsake me. He's for me and not against me."
0: That's good. That's and, good. And
2: those are your grab holds where you can say, "Yeah, I'm going sideways," <laughs> but. God's got a hold of me and he's not ever going to let go.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, guys, could you give Tim and Tammy a hand? Thank you.
2: Thank you guys.
0: Uh, You guys are so such a blessing, isn't it? Such a blessing to hear their story. Let me pray for us. God, as we continue a little bit further, as we study your word a little bit, as we, as we just press in just a little bit more, uh, each of us need to hear from you. Um, I pray that whatever was said already would just be put in good soil, good seeds that would just bloom. Father, we ask that this would be so. We ask that your spirit would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, just for a moment, I want to talk to you about um, another rock. As you know, I've been talking about stones, I've been talking about rocks and uh, the first week we talked about 12 stones being piled up as an altar of remembrance of what God has done. Last week we talked about how, how uh, there was this one stone that was anointed with oil. And, and all of this was happening to draw our attention to something. Not Let me say that differently. To draw our attention to someone. Not just something. It's like the thing was to point us to the one. Does that make sense? And, and it was anointed for that purpose. It was there for a remembrance. And, and so we've talked about those 12 stones being piled up and that someday the kids would ask, what are those stones about? And that, that, that the elders of, of, of the community would share, well, let me tell you what those stones are about. That they would tell the stories of God and the faithfulness of God. And it would be a reminder to the current generation and what I love about what we're doing in this series, and I could do this all day because I love to hear the stories from those that have gone before because they become such an encouragement to me as a follower of Jesus. And my hope and prayer for you is that that's been your experience. But these, these, these stones and these rocks represent God's faithfulness. And I wanted to share just a, 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 a brief... Uh, I guess you'd just call it a poem. I guess that would be how you'd say it. But it was written by a man named Top Lady. Isn't that a weird last name? Top Lady. And he wrote this, and perhaps you've heard it, but he wrote this. And he was basically experiencing this massive thunderstorm. And he was out in the open and he, and he went and he hid because he was trying to take shelter. And he took shelter under these, like between these two massive limestones. And he was kind of huddled there in the, in the middle of this massive thunderstorm. And he penned these words. Listen, listen. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power. Now, I don't know if you know that that particular poem, it was turned into a hymn. And it's something that has been sung for a very long time. It's that song, Rock of Ages. And, and I don't know if you've ever heard it. Perhaps you have. But what I love about this is that he pins something that becomes like this, this phrase, rock of ages, right? Now, I know that Def Leppard stole that and wrote an album. I know that other people have taken that phrase and done a variety of things with it. But that rock of ages was referring to someone Matter of fact, the phrase rock of ages is not even in the Bible. You won't find it. The phrase is not there. But there is this phrase that I think it comes from. Listen to this in Isaiah 26, 4. Trust in the Lord always for, watch this, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. That sounds like rock of ages to me. An eternal rock. Because you may or may not know this, but the Bible teaches that Jesus is the rock. So, so I know you're starting to figure it out. I've been talking about stones. I've been talking about rocks. I've been talking about piles of rocks that are there to help us see an altar uh, of remembrance. And it's, it's to draw us back to the faithfulness of God but it's also there to remind us of the one that was coming. So you see, when you look at the Old Testament and you see these altars of remembrance and you see these stones and these rocks, all of them were pointing towards someone and that someone was coming and his name is Jesus. And so when we think about rocks, when we think about stones, My hope is is that we come to a place that we start to actually believe and think on this truth that Jesus is the rock. That Jesus is the one that has come in order that I might be saved. In order that I might build my life on something that matters. And as even as you heard Tim speak, he talked about building his life on something that was strong, that wasn't sinking sand but it was something that was secure. And so I want to talk to you just a few minutes about these three things that we need to remember. And the first is, and I've already said it, is that we need to remember that Jesus is the rock. He is the rock. Listen to this in 1 Samuel 2.2. 2. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Do you see See, Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians 10, 4. I love this. He says, and all drank the same spiritual drink. You're like, what in the world? For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Do you see it? Are you starting to see the connection? That Christ is the rock that we build our life on. See, the God that that was with Israel providing for them he was also pointing to the fact that Jesus was coming, that the rock was on his way. And so Jesus is the rock that we need to remember. See, he's the rock of ages. The number two, listen to this. The the second thing that we need to remember is this. Remember Jesus has cleansed us. So not only is he the rock that we can build our life on, but he's also the one that is able to cleanse us I don't know if you noticed that phrase and you, you'd have to know a little bit more about the Bible to see it. But I just want to share it with you. Rock of ages cleft for me. Look, let me hide myself in thee. See, see there's this imagery in the Bible and it goes all the way back to Exodus. Of where Moses hid himself in the cleft of a rock because the very presence of God came. And he couldn't see the presence of God. No man could see the presence of God and not die. And so the Bible says that he was held, he was hidden in the cleft of the rock. I love that imagery. And you see that coming forth in this hymn that, that the rock of ages is here. And he says, cleft for me, a way for me to hide in such a way that I might be able to be in the presence of God. Do you know what Jesus does for you? Jesus is the one that makes it possible for you to be in the presence of God. See, without Christ, you would not be able to be in his presence. Christ is the one that hides us in such a way that we can stand in the middle of God's holy presence. See, listen to this in Colossians 3.3. For you have died, and your life, listen is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden. And then listen to this in John 1934. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And at once, look at this, there came blood and water. Remember the hymn? Let the water and the blood flow from his wounded side. Right? Right? Because of all the sin in my life and sin in this world, he says, cleanse me from its guilt and its power. And then Hebrews 19, come on, 19, 14, listen to this. How much more will the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, listen, cleanse your conscience from dead works, dead works. To serve the living God. That God would cleanse you with his blood. That you might be able to stand before God right. And at the same time be able to worship him. The living God and serve him. And then one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Romans 5.8. But God showed his love for us while we were still sinners. In my sin, and your sin, and Tim and Tammy's sin. God showed his love. While we were sinners. And the Bible says Christ died for us. Verse nine, there, since therefore, listen to this. We have now been justified by his blood. In other words, you've been made right with God. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. We serve a holy God. And when we hear phrases like wrath of God, we get a little nervous, don't we? And it's not like God just changed at some point in the journey. God is a God of justice, my friends. And when he says something's wrong, it's wrong. And he says he'll do something about it. And the thing that we don't always understand is that the wrath of God was dealt with through the sacrifice of his son. And so when we talk about the justification that comes, that's what we're dealing with. Is that I stand justified because of what Christ has done for me. You stand justified not because of something you did, but because of what Christ has done for you. His blood justifies us. And then I love this. Listen in 1 John 1, 7. But, we, but if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And then watch this. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Oh, Guys, when we remember the rock of ages, Jesus, the Bible says that we can be cleansed from all sins. See, I I don't know if you know that as your story. Because I know in my life, I need the cleansing blood of Jesus every day. And so here's the thing I know. There's a moment in time where I'm justified before God because I gave my life, I believed on Jesus, and and as a result, he made me righteous. But then every day of my life, I need his blood to cleanse me from all sin. And that's why this is so important that we see this. Whether you have a relationship with God today or you don't, the only way to God is through the rock of ages. The only way to Jesus or the only way to God is through Jesus. And it's so important that we see this because it's through him that we find the cleansing that we need. And so here's my question for you. Have you experienced that in your life? Because see, we could talk about all kinds of things today. But one of the things I love about listening to Tim and Tammy speak is that they're telling you a story that they've experienced. It's not just words. It's not just some dead book. But it's a God who is active and alive, who is pursuing his creation, that he might see his creation redeemed. And so what I want to do for just a moment is pray for you. So can we pray together? God, I know that there are many in this room that need, honestly, they just need a fresh washing. They need a fresh cleansing because perhaps they've lived in such a way that has not honored you. You know, the Bible uses a phrase called repentance. And what that means is that you would have a different thought. What that means is that you would turn and go in a different direction. And so if you're here today and you would find yourself in a place where you would say that sin has gotten the best of you lately, and you need to get that right with God, you need a cleansing of his blood. I want to be able to pray for you. And so God, I pray right now for anybody in this room or anybody that's hearing my voice online. Father, if anybody is here today and they feel like they are living under the weight of their own sin, they're feeling heavy, guilt written, maybe even shame. I want to speak these words over you. The Bible says if you'll surrender, if you'll confess, God is faithful to forgive. The Bible says that, therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And so just confess your sin to the Lord right now. Holy Spirit, would you wash over this soul so that they can stand before you unburdened, free, fully aware of their sonship or daughtership in the family of God. Able to walk, able to skip and jump and leap because they're unburdened by sin. I also want to talk to somebody today that may or may not have a relationship with Jesus at all? Like you would literally say that, that, that as I talked about Jesus, it felt foreign to you. Maybe you've heard his name before. Maybe you've even been in a church before, but you never gave your life to him. Perhaps you've been running And the thing that I love about God is that he constantly is pursuing his kids. And the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he will come in and he will change your life. He will save you. He will cleanse you. He will give you a foundation that you can live your life on. And so I don't know if that's your story, but if it is, I want to pray for you. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And so, church, I'm going to ask that you pray with me. And so if you're here today and you would like to give your life to Jesus, you'd like to surrender your life and enter into a relationship with him, I want to pray a prayer, and I'd love for you to repeat this with me. So let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. I can't cleanse myself. So, Lord, I surrender to you. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Jesus. Would you change me from the inside out? Show me my purpose. I choose you this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we just celebrate those?